0: Welcome to Superintendent Radio Network. I'm Guy Cipriano. Today, we're continuing our Tartan Talk series. This will be our second podcast, and we're excited to be with uh, Greg Martin of Martin Design, who's also the president of the American Society of Golf Course Architects this year. And we're here in New York City for the Golf Course Builders Association of America meetings, and Greg is uh, making the rounds as an allied association president now. So what has this last few months been like traveling and seeing different parts of the industry?
1: It's been great. very very busy uh, I've had the the opportunity to make sure that when we meet we, there's there's value there's things being talked about the things we're talking about are relevant there's clear consensus on cooperation so we do want to make sure uh, that that message is out there the, the allied industries are are working together to make sure that the golf industry stays strong
0: what are some of the places you've gotten to see here in the the last few months that maybe you normally would not have, have seen during this period?
1: Well, I had a chance to play Bayonne, which was uh, pretty interesting and, and quite spectacular, if not very, very tough. I did have a chance to go to Oakmont and 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 witness that. So uh, those, are the, those are the first two that come to mind.
0: We're going to talk on this episode of Tartan Talks about match play golf and looking at some of the formats differently and the role a golf course architect or a golf course superintendent could play in promoting that. You have some interesting theories on match play. Just just first off, where did you develop an interest in that and just describe some of those theories and philosophies you have about it.
1: Theory and the philosophy really uh was was generated out of trying to understand the problems that we're faced with in the industry. You know you have time, you have cost, you know, uh, the escalating costs and maintenance, you have expectations from golfers that continue to rise, uh, you have pace of play issues, all these things, I, I, it kept, I kept wondering how and, and what was causing them, as we all have. Uh, the more I got into it, the more I started thinking about, the, the, there seems to be a way out of that. There is, there is a way out of it, and, and match play might be what could save golf from itself. So I, I started thinking about match play and what match play could do. When you when you have when you're playing under match play, you play the rub of the green. You're playing against a ball. You're not playing against a score. So when you're done, you just pick up and move along. Uh, which you know, all of a sudden you're thinking. So a golf course architect is thinking about strategy and width and and different angles rather than uh, protecting power, if you will. Thinking this a little bit further, I started wondering what it is that we're doing in terms of protecting par. We're creating hazards to protect par against anybody that's a, that's a plus handicap or anybody that's a 20 handicap. That's, a, that's an impossible, impossible effort to try to figure out how to protect par for all those and then also give them the potential to reach par. You want to make sure the game is engaging, so uh, providing them with a way to play the golf hole without making it so difficult. There's a lot of things that kind of go into this philosophy.
0: When did the philosophy shift? When did a lot of golf courses start being designed for stroke play as opposed to match play? I'm guessing a lot of the architects that you studied from the the classic era or even before were designing courses for match play, right? That's exactly correct.
1: One of the interesting things is about the about mid-century, uh, Robert Trent Jones Sr. said my job is to protect par. I think that was that was part of the start of it. So so length, more linear golf courses, more penal golf courses started becoming in vogue. Not only that, but then you have television come on and television helped prompt this idea that stroke play was was the only way to play it. Uh, you had tournaments that, that had metal play and, and that also kept this idea that stroke play if you ask most golfers right now you know where golf came from they would think that it was it was born out of stroke play it it, it was not it's a match play game in its in its soul
0: I'm 36 years old and I think maybe I've only played match play a half a dozen times in my life and I've been playing for 22 years what are some things you can do to get people conditioned that that's an option that you don't have to Count every shot. There's different ways of, of doing it.
1: Well, I mean, for instance, most most yeah. people do play match play every weekend. They're playing they're playing the you know the four ball against their buddies. They are playing match play, but everybody wants to hole out because they want to post a score. It's this posting of the score that that maybe we need to get past. And I don't know if there's a good answer to that I'm not suggesting, it is the answer, but I think it might be a perspective that would help solve a lot of things. The, the bottom line is, when you have when you have escalating costs in maintenance. It's because everybody thinks there's, there, there should be a fair way to play the hole. If if par is, is the limit, if par is the expectation, then the golfer expects the golf course to be set up fairly so that they can reach that. When you play match play, you're not playing against par; you're playing against the other guy's ball. So, it, stroke play tends to push maintenance expectations in a direction, whereas match play wouldn't. Explain those differences. Well, again, when you're when you're playing a golf hole and it's, a, it's let's say it's a par four and you end up in a bunker, there's this, this immediate thought that, okay, this is, this is supposed to be penal, but, it, but I, should have a, I should have a reasonable expectation to, 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 to score or reach par, uh, even though you're in a bunker. The, the normal golfer's expectation is that is that par is what's real uh, or what's attainable. Match play, that isn't the game. The game is you find out where the other guy's playing from and you, you adjust accordingly. And so it becomes a, a much more strategic game rather than a game against a number.
0: Have you done any studies or just informal anecdotal things on maybe the pace of play differences between match play and stroke play?
1: I have not, but uh, I'm working with my local, a uh, couple of local clubs in, in my hometown to see if we, they, could, they could start match play days to see what it would do. Uh, I'm interested, interested to see how golfers would, would first of all, uh, play the golfers from a, from a pace of play standpoint, but also see how the golf course, uh, the golfers would see the golf course differently
0: because it's match play. When did this really start fascinating you? When did you start talking to some of your local golf courses and kind of presenting that as a possible option to them? It, it really started in the
1: uh, in the late 90s, early early 2000s where um, the, the issues of cost, time, uh, pace of play, the, the additional expense of all the things that we do as golf course architects, I started looking at that and, and, it, and it really became clear to me that why are we doing this? What's compelling us to push the game in a certain direction? And the more I looked at it, the more I thought, what if, what if match play, what if the soul of the game, the way, it was, the way it was meant to be played, what if we started applying those rules to, uh, uh, to the game? What would that do to those very issues that are creating such a confounding nature?
0: It's kind of weird, the, the Ryder Cup is the most watched golf tournament in the world and it's, it's not even close and that's match play. What can be done in September, if anything, when if there is a successful Ryder Cup that kind of create momentum from that and generate more of the conversations you like to have?
1: Well, I think I think just having, having it played and, and, and watching a compelling tournament like that, I think you're seeing more and more match play uh, being televised. I think it's a compelling way to see golf and watch golf. It's a, it certainly is a compelling way to play golf. Um, it just needs to be exposed. The, the, the challenge really is that when you have a tournament um, and, and typically a major tournament that has to be uh, um, completed at a certain time be- because, of a, because of a television time slot, which I understand, and, and, it, and, and, and that is, a, that is a, a hugely beneficial part of the industry. But match play is fun, and it, and it, and it would help to create a, a certain kind of golf that could be played on a local level that would be compelling for a lot more people.
0: You, you see it at, at some of the clubs, obviously on the weekends they have match play events, some of the private clubs. Is it tougher making inroads with, with the, the municipal and public courses in this regard? Absolutely. You you yeah. see it in, in the fact that you know people want to play the golf.
1: They they, they they pay to play 18 holes. They want to they want to finish that golf hole and they want to finish finish 18 holes. They don't want to walk off when they're done after after 16. So I understand that there are some some challenges with this, but I think I think there's some opportunities to see some solutions within within that match play format.
0: Is, is there anything a golf course superintendent can do to promote a match play culture? at a facility? Well, sure. I think in, instead of setting the golf course up based
1: upon par, they're setting it up yep. in a different way that allows them to uh, push the tees around. And you know, all of a sudden a, a par four that wasn't reachable, they can move the tees around and make it reachable. Uh, you know, what great fun that would be if you walked up to that golf course and realized that you're supposed to be playing from a certain set of tees and you're now you're playing from something different that creates an entirely different um, challenge on any given day
0: this is fascinating and it's the first time I've had this conversation with someone so it's kind of cool to to talk about this and looking at the different format just on to some other things what's the rest of the year like for you what are some things you're working on what are some things uh, the association is focused on here to in the second half of 2016 well
1: personally I have a lot of construction work coming up this fall I'm very busy back in the in the Chicagoland area, uh, from an industry standpoint, from uh, in my responsibilities as the president of the ASGCA, I have uh, two more trips planned to New York, so I will be back again, and uh, a few other things. I'm going to be trying to do a little bit of a, uh, a road show to some of the Superintendents Association meetings uh, to help spread the word on what the ASGCA is doing lately.
0: Are you going to the Ryder Cup? Uh, I will be at the Ryder Cup. Looking forward to it. Are you going to bring uh, maybe some signs that say match play rules or something, and try to get some social media traction. Match play only. Yeah, that's a great idea. Well, thanks for joining us. This was a a lot of fun. Good luck with your travels and good luck with your role as association president. And Hopefully, we get to catch up again soon. I appreciate it, Guy. Thank you. You've been listening to the Superintendent Radio Network, the podcast of Golf Course Industry Magazine, a production of GIE Media. I've been your host, Guy Cipriano. You can find all of our podcasts on iTunes or the SRN page of golfcourseindustry.com talk to us at srn at gie.net or at gci magazine on twitter thanks for listening